Welcome to Shocker Girl Radio. We've created a community of spiritual women who know that you can still enjoy the finer things while you're on your soul's journey to live your dharma and your most chakra-aligned life. Let's dive into this episode. Hello, welcome to Shocker Girl Radio. Today we are chatting about clean fragrances and kundalini, two things that we didn't really think would go together, but trust me, they do. We're chatting with Courtney Summer. She is the founder and CEO of Lake and Sky, which is a gorgeous smelling line of fragrances and candles, and it's all clean and doesn't give you that wild headache that a lot of the synthetic fragrance brands do. I don't know about you, but I had to really cut out certain perfumes, certain candles, and I just feel like the more ascended and high vibe I get, the less my body tolerates low vibe bullshit. Okay. So we're going to be talking about the importance of a clean fragrance. We're going to be talking about the magic of Kundalini and why you need to try it. We're going to talk about specific Kundalini mantras and how the music works to heal your frequency, specific Kundalini Kriyas for addiction, even like addiction to your phone, gossip, complaining, anything also Kriyas for relaxation. So I want to know, have you switched to clean fragrance yet? I feel like you're going to after this episode. So let us know. And yeah, we're, before we dive in, I just want to say too, for those of you who are like, okay, I really want to do Kundalini. We did just do a 40 day Kundalini challenge on the rituals by Shock Girl app. If you don't have that app yet, go to shockergirlco.com. You can get a free month by using the coupon code chakra girl and on the app, we have this 40 day challenge where we're doing a Kundalini Kriya mantra for 40 days. And the manifestations that come are insane. So powerful. So make sure you check out the rituals by chakra girl app. We have so many rituals on there too. We have everything from tapping chakra rituals, abundance rituals, short rituals, long rituals, meditations, hypnosis, tapping, like all the things, anything you want, it is on there. And so go to chakragirlco.com and use coupon code chakragirl for a free month. You guys, I never give away a free month. You only are getting that until the end of October because I just felt like, you know, it's Canadian Thanksgiving, thought I would be nice, which is rare, you guys. I'm an Aquarius. I'm a stone cold Aquarius bitch. So being nice is rare. Take advantage. All right, guys. Let's dive into this episode with Courtney. Welcome to Shocker Girl Radio, where we are helping the world become more consciously awakened and quantumly connected, one activated chakra at a time. We have a lovely guest and a lovely topic that we have not talked about on the podcast yet today. We're chatting with Courtney Somer. She is the CEO and founder of Lake and Sky, which is a modern and conscious beauty brand with some of the best clean fragrances I have ever smelt. They have fragrances and candles, and I'm so obsessed. I've been using her products. They just smell so chic and elegant and fresh and the branding is so good. Can't wait to show you guys more. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay. So tell us your sun, moon and rising. Okay. So I wish I knew all of them. I am a Gemini and I recently got this birthday book, which I loved and it um, showed my whole chart, but I, so I don't know which is which on the sun and moon and rising, but 
I do know that I have a lot of Virgo and Aries in my chart, which is ironically, everyone in my family is a Virgo and Aries. Oh, okay. I love a Gemini too. So that's a really good mix though, because Aries is the fire, Virgo is the earth and Gemini is the air. So you've kind of got it all going on. Yes. (laughs) A good balance. (laughs) What is the daily ritual that you almost never skip? So for me, that's Kundalini yoga. Mm. And how long do you do it for? It varies depending on the day. You know, sometimes I won't get any time in and then I'll do it right before bed. So at a minimum, it would be three minutes a day. I am certified as a teacher. I went through the training process. So I kind of know a little bit about like how the times and the restrictions and what you should do there. So I do the three minutes at the least. And then if I have more time, would love to do a full class, which is an hour and a half. So I tend to do those on the weekend, but on a good day during the week, I tend to do an 11 minute meditation. Yeah. So I, can you explain like the reasoning behind the timing? Do you know why that is? Cause I know there's certain mantras and Kriyas that you're supposed to do for like exactly 11 minutes. Like what's the magic behind 11 minutes? Yeah, essentially. So the Kriyas that were created with Kundalini yoga were created, you know, they're ancient texts essentially that we're bringing into today that have been passed down and the Kriya is essentially for a specific intention. So, you know, to balance your chakras for there's one for beauty, there's one for burnout, which I love that one, but kind of all these different Kriyas and you can adjust the times, but you can't adjust like the sequence of breathing techniques or postures. So you don't change it in any other way, only that you can reduce the time down. So for instance, if Typically what it is, is that everything you do for the same amount of time, but it's really specific in the text. It tells you what to do. So Mm -hmm. if for for instance, something is an 11 minutes, you can cut it back to seven or three minutes. Okay. Uh, We're just taught that in school that, you know, you, you essentially, but if you're going to, you're going to pair it back, you would just pair back each one. So if you're doing like four breathing things, essentially for the whole Kriya, everything would be cut back to the same. Okay. Interesting. I've just always wondered like why three, seven and 11, like what's the magic behind those numbers? That too has to do with numerology. So when I was for the teacher training, we did a whole kind of deep dive into numbers, which is hence where the 1111 is one of my favorites being a faster number. We all know 11 as like a key number and seven and three. So those kind of three, the numerology of them is what is specific to the text. Okay. So good to know. We're going to talk more about Kundalini, but before we go into that, I would love to know what your favorite crystal of the moment is. Mm, I love quartz. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And isn't there, is there quartz in your 1111 or did I make that up? There isn't, but it's more, you know, the color has to do with Kundalini right. with that fragrance. And I'm just looking at on my desk, for instance, in my office, I have a lot of crystals and I have my biggest one I have is a big quartz. So, yes. And so you guys know, we keep talking about 1111. One of their fragrances is 1111 and it is so freaking good. We'll talk about that more. So first I want to know about your kind of like spiritual and wellness awakening and how that led you into this purpose of creating these beautiful, clean products. Yeah, that it, and it intertwines also with how my business was born. So in my, I'm a longtime New Yorker. I now live in upstate New York. And in my early twenties, I had a health crisis. So essentially I had multiple surgeries. I had a bad reaction to the medicine they were giving me. 
Um, and I went from doctor to doctor and, and couldn't get an answer to what was going on. At one point I had a doctor actually open a textbook and like show me my condition and be like, look, there's no answer. So, and this was, I'm aging myself, but this was over 20 plus years ago. So if you think back then, I was going to the self-help section of Barnes and Noble to try to find some things on my own. Um, right. You know, it's crazy to think now how much information we have at our fingertips, all the wellness tools besides all the wellness information. I just didn't know any of that back then. So as a last resort, I went to go see a healer and intuitive on a whim. He was also an acupuncturist. And when I went in there, he was able to diagnose me and give me tips, mindful techniques, kind of all the things I had been searching for within like the first few sessions. Um, and I was amazed. And I left there thinking to myself, like, how can I learn everything he he knew? And he actually took me under my wing. I, I saw him for years until he retired and he actually wound up marrying my husband and I. So he became a really good friend. Aww. But he sparked this passion within me where I went on over 10 plus years to study kind of all various forms of healing techniques. So like I mentioned, Kundalini yoga, prenatal yoga, Reiki meditation, and nutrition and aromatherapy. So I'm not certified in all those things, but about half, but it was really just more a passion project to be like, oh, I would love to know more about this. Yeah. More about so I kind of just continued in this wellness world and it was really well before wellness was, you know, an everyday term or an industry like it is now, it was just a passion. And I think, you know, if I ever retire or have more time on my hands, I would love to continue that. I think of myself as a lifelong student. So, you know, tarot cards has always been interesting to me. I would yes. love more about astrology. Like I could just continue on this. I path. know it's so fun. Like it's like every, everything you learn and you can implement it on yourself and you see the instant results and you're like, okay, I need to learn it all. It's, it's just so fun. It is. So what were you, what were you doing for work during this time? Like you were kind of like doing this stuff on the side and you had like a job job. I did. So all through my twenties and thirties, I worked mostly in fashion. Um, I had a job at Vogue. I worked at Barney's. I worked temporarily of London. And then I, I transitioned over more into branding. So I worked for an agency for a long time where I really developed this love of brand and design um, and understanding why people start companies, why they create products and, how design and the mission behind it all really affects kind of every touch point in the brand. Um, and I think, you know, it's interesting when you see at the time I was kind of felt like my career was jumping all over the place, but in actuality, you, when looking back, you kind of see how it all pieced together and everything that you did at the time, even if it wasn't, it didn't feel right when you were in it, it led you to some kind of learning piece that now fits into what I'm doing. Yes. I love that. And so at what point were you like, okay, I'm ready to do something on my own? So I had always wanted to have my own business. To me, it was a matter of trying to figure out what it was. I, I was really interested in, in figuring out how I could take all of the knowledge that I was getting kind of on the side in this wellness journey and infuse it into kind of a business and make it my career because I wanted it to be something I was doing day in and day out. And that's what sparked the idea is that um, I always loved fragrance. I always loved scent. I always thought it had the ability to heal, not just essential oils, but perfume because it has that you know, emotionally, it can change your mood, it can make you feel better, it can give you that boost of confidence. And, and then when I started studying scent and how the, the sense of, it, it takes a different pathway in your brain, the sense of smell, and just seeing how that had such an effect on, on you and your emotions. So 
when I launched the product, it was right after I had my first daughter and I was really into aromatherapy and blending essential oils. And I worked with a perfumer and came out with a line of, you know, it was perfume rollerballs and aromatherapy. And I loved the rollerball format because I always loved something I could roll on and just throw in my bag and take with me. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how the whole thing was born. Oh, okay. And so let's talk about the 1111 because I feel like, is that kind of the signature scent? It is. That's my most popular. And so I launched with that scent and it's still our most popular to this day. Okay. You know what it reminds me of? And like, I hope this is a compliment because I loved this back in like the nineties. It's like, it's like a modern, sexy, cool water. Oh, interesting. Do you remember cool water? I do. Yeah. I haven't heard that before. (laughs) It like, cause it it has that like beachy feel to me. It does have an aquatic note. So it's a blend of white ambers and musk. And I think of our fragrances as skin scents. So almost like the no makeup makeup. I don't create right. perfumes that, you know, you're going to walk in a room and it like overpowers the whole room. It's more intimate. It's more subtle. Obviously you can wear a signature scent kind of one on its own, or we do blend our fragrances. So a lot of people like to layer them now. Mm-hmm. And the 1111 specifically is a really nice blend that you can kind of mix with another one. So we see a lot of people mix it with our other fragrances or mixing it with another brand. Yeah. I've, so I have the, I, I can't remember the name, something saffron and something midnight. Saffron dusk and midnight. Saf- yes. Yes. Okay. So saffron dusk, like if I'm wearing it during the day, I'll mix it with the 1111. Cause I feel like it's a little bit like lightens it a little bit. And same with the midnight dusk. Is that what it's sorry? Midnight. Uh, midnight yep. Midnight seven. Yes. Okay. So mixing those two is like, so, so nice. I'm, I'm obsessed with them. So what inspires your fragrances? Like, how do you even think of the different notes that you want? Yeah. So a lot of it is based on just personal preference. Like for instance, I always loved saffron. I loved the scent of it. And I always wanted to do something with that. And we'll always have, we work with a fragrance house called Roberté. It's in New York. And what we do is we always kind of have a lot of fragrances in play, right? That we're working on. And so it's a variety of things that inspire me, but a lot of times it'll be an ingredient or smell or a place. Like we have one coming out. It'll be early September launch, which we're really excited about. And the Santal is, is, which is a sandalwood is the main ingredient. And that one was again, just a personal, personal preference. I always love Santal. So we wanted to do something really lovely that you could wear all day. And this is one of my personal favorites. So I'm excited about this launch. Mm, Yes. I can't wait to try that one. When is it out? That one will be out around September 7th, but I would say like the first or second week of September, depending. Okay. So let's have a quick chat about luxury and spirituality. If you are listening to this, I am sure you enjoy the finer things in life that you're super intentional. And that means you would love my jewelry brand prism and no It's not that hippy-dippy spiritual jewelry. It's like chic, elegant, gold and silver jewelry with your choice of diamonds or white topaz, and every piece is made with intention. We have a solar plexus activating necklace that makes you more abundant, and I get so many compliments on it. It's called the Sunray Necklace. We have a moon necklace that reminds you to honor all sides of yourself, even your shadows, and we have an entire fifth dimension 5D consciousness collection if you are ready to go super deep 
deep into your ascension. And I'll also add that I have two beautiful co-founders. One of them is my amazing friend Chantal, who designs all of our jewelry. And the other is Whitney Rose from The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yes, one of my business partners is one of The Real Housewives. And I have married all my favorite things in life, spirituality, fashion, and reality TV. But I digress. It is time to treat yourself. Get something chic. Don't wait for someone else to buy jewelry for you. Women have this weird thing about buying jewelry for themselves, but in my opinion, jewelry is something that becomes part of your soul. So you need to pick it out for yourself with your intentions in mind. So go treat yourself. I'm giving you 11% off anything on the shop. Yes, a discount for diamonds. It's unheard of. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use chakra girl at checkout. And every piece also comes with an intention setting ritual to infuse your own intentions into your jewelry to just create the best life. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use code chakra girl at checkout. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about clean fragrances. What is the difference between a clean fragrance and a dirty fragrance? Like what are the, what are the chemicals we should be really looking out for when we choose a fragrance? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting, it's a great question. And I think within beauty, there's a very wide range of what people consider clean. So I always go by, you know, we are PETA certified vegan brand. We are cruelty-free. And then what we do is we have a dirty list, quote unquote, that we keep out of all of our fragrances. So parabens, sulfates, and phylates, and palm oil are at the top of that list. So we have none of those in our fragrance. We also, what we do is we use natural whenever possible. So we use an organic non-GMO sugarcane alcohol is the base in our perfume sprays. So the alcohol is one of the main ingredients in a spray perfume. And as compared to conventional alcohol, this one is a much kind of cleaner version. We do have synthetics in our fragrances, and then we do offer three perfumes that are 100% synthetic free. So we have both options. So if there is a customer that's really interested and I want no synthetics, I want nothing in it, they can go that direction. But if they're interested in kind of, you know, knowing that the main quote unquote dirty ingredients are out of there, they have that option too. I think the reality is, you know, there's been a lot of talk on this topic deep within the fragrance world on synthetics, what's safe, you know, some brands call them safe synthetics. Some have no synthetics at all, but the majority of perfume brands realize that synthetics allow you to have a longer lasting product. You have a much more wide range of notes that you can play with. Almost when you think of like a painter doing a painting, they just have a lot more colors that they can use to craft a picture. Mm. Um, so what are the three that you have that have no synthetics? Yep. So that's Echo Lake, Canyon Rose, and Cote du Paradis. And oh, yeah. Cote are- du Paradis is really pretty too. Yeah, I love that one. That's a very sweet fragrance and it was inspired by a day at the beach. So it's a little bit different than the other ones, but that's a, I love that one. I, yeah, that one's really, really nice. Okay. Love that. And you guys need to try them. I'm going to link you to all of them in the show notes, of course. So I want to switch to talking about Kundalini a little bit more, because I know that was like a big part of your journey. And I feel like maybe some of our listeners know this and they've done Kundalini, but for anyone who hasn't, I would love to just know like your perspective for someone who's an expert in Kundalini. Like what's the difference between Kundalini yoga and regular yoga? Yep. So Kundalini yoga is different in the sense that I believe I mentioned a little bit before, but they're Kriyas or sets that were created hundreds of years ago that have been passed down through the generations and essentially they don't change. So being a teacher, different than a different type of yoga class, when you come up and the teacher will say, you know, now we're going to do this posture or this posture and they're kind of 
coming up with a class and doing it on their own. When you're doing Kundalini yoga, you're taking that set and you're doing that specific set and Kriya based on what the text, the ancient text said. And it's done for a specific purpose, meaning that the Kriya has um, an intent. So could be, you know, like for beauty, for burnout, you know, for your magnetic field. So they have these kind of energetic components to them that you can use. So then what works really well is when I was in teacher training is you would do one meditation for 30 days to Mm -hmm. really get that, to really rev up your system and kind of get the effects of it. And that's like one way to really see how Kundalini yoga can work for you. Yes. I've done the Ekankar mantra for 40 days. I can't remember what the actual Kriya was. I think you're maybe just kind of sitting there with your hands open. <laughs> do you know that one? I do. Yep. And then the, um, I can't remember what this, oh, is Sodarshan Kriya? Mm-hmm. I love Is Sodar. that the one where you're doing like the Wahe Guru, like pumping your stomach? Yeah, that one's great. I love that. Okay, so that like changed my life. Actually, I think I might do another 40 days of that. I know people who have like, one of my good friends, she was like severely addicted to drugs when she was younger. And she did that Kriya for 40 days and it has been like clean ever since. I think that's like, I think in the, if I'm not wrong, in this, is it the seventies or the sixties? Kundalini became like a lot more popular again, because it was, they were kind of like reprogramming the minds of a lot of the people that came back from the war, the Vietnam war. Is that right? It could be. I don't know about that, but I know it's when in the seventies is when I believe Yogi Bhajan came over to the United States. Yeah. I think it became more widespread, but just there is actually an addiction Kriya that is. Okay. And that one is, you know, you think addiction, you automatically kind of go to drugs, alcohol, you know, the, but it could be anything. I mean, it could be your mental patterns, your phone, right? We're all addicted to technology in some way or another. And I think that one is something you can do in like three minutes a day. That's an amazing one to do for 40 days. You know what that one's called? It's called the Addiction Kriya. I'd be happy to send you the link and you can put it in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. And I think that so, so many people I've been talking to, including myself, have decided to stop drinking. And so I feel like that would be a really good one. But I like how you talked about even just like phone addiction or like even like gossiping, complaining, like other little tendencies that we have. That's such a good one. Yeah, I think what it does is it just breaks up your patterns right? Exactly. You have so many patterns that we're just programmed into, like you said, things that are not like drinking is an obvious one, yeah. maybe in, like your day to day, but like complaining and gossiping may be something that you don't pay as much attention to, but it affects you in so many ways. Totally. So what is a Kundalini awakening and have you had one? So I think there's different versions of this where some people will have a really profound experience when they're doing a Kundalini yoga. You know, I think a lot of people that are doing it, look, people come to all kinds of yoga, whatever, whatever it may be in the wellness world, looking for seeking many different things. And the way we were taught it is that what it does is it kind of profoundly opens your energy centers and your crown chakra. So mm-hmm. some people can have kind of a really big not an explosion, but like an energetically like mind opening experience where they really just feel like they were taken there or really went somewhere energetically or in their minds and kind of have this life altering kind of experience. Mm -hmm. I have yet to meet somebody like within my teacher training or anyone I know that had that kind of experience. For us, it was more like 
it can have such profound changes in your life just by doing it. That's why I became like a student. So I went to one class in, in New York City. I went to Golden Bridge um, in Soho for anyone that knows that place. So I took one class and I signed up for the teacher training when I left. And the woman at the desk thought I was completely insane. <laughs> But I was just, I was like, this is for me. This is like yeah, my this thing. is it. So yeah. I did, I, what I, I don't, I swear mine was a teacher training, but it was only like a five day. No, it was a seven day workshop. And it was, I think like three hours a day or something like that, starting at like five in the morning. It was crazy. And it was a teacher training, but I'm not a yoga teacher. So I didn't know like the basics of like regular yoga, but I feel like I learned everything about Kundalini, but I don't really remember all of it. But I, I had this wild explosion experience, but it was just that I literally started like TMI, but projectile vomiting after wow. doing like a specific. So like we did a class where she's like she's like oh usually we start with she's like usually we start with the crown chakra rituals uh, our kriyas and work our way down but today I'm gonna start at the root chakra kriyas and work our way up and by the time we got to the top I was like projectile vomiting oh wow. <laughs> so I moved something <laughs> that's yeah, for did. sure I would say I think what's interesting about kundalini is it clean, cleanses your system. So for yes. me, when I first started doing it, I was not able to drink alcohol anymore. It was like yes. a very, very, uh, like a parent shift where, and I was still at the time like, oh, you know, I want my glass of wine. I want my like thing. And it was making me physically ill where like, as I was cleaning, like my body was getting cleansed and all that it was a complete rejection. And I still don't drink to this day, just because I know if I did drink, I would get really sick. But don't get me wrong, I miss it. But I know that like how you mentioned like giving up alcohol, but that was my experience with it. Yeah. Literally, that it was like, yep, there's no more. My body's not gonna be able to handle if I'm doing Kundalini that I cannot drink. So I'm not saying no one else I know has had that experience. It was personal to me, yeah. but it was that this was like, my system was like, if we're gonna do this, we need to be clean in that way. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said about just being a vibrational match for it anymore. Like for me, like that's the same thing. It's like, I just don't, it affects my body different. And I know that it's because my vibration is higher and alcohol holds a low vibration. So it's just like not a match. Yeah. And I think the way it was explained to me when I first started was like, if you think about Kundalini, it's like when you download a new software system for your computer or you're getting like an, an upgrade to your software. So like Kundalini is a way that you're doing that. So you're taking your system and just kind of like turning the dial up or turning it up a notch, right? So that's kind of how I still think of it. Now to me, it's almost like Kundalini is like my maintenance to be able to handle all the pressures and all the day-to-day -day life that stresses that we're all under. That's like my non-negotiable that I need to do every day. Yeah. Um, but I think it has that profound effect that it really can like change a lot in your life. And yeah. there's things you can do that I think is, so I'm really into mantra music. And I think- I was, I was my next question. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was going to ask you like, oh, because I have a I have a playlist called Kundalini Vibes on Spotify. And I, I always just have Kundalini music going in my, in my home, like all the mo different mantras. And I'm like, I swear it cleans the energy of my home. I a hundred percent believe that. Yeah. What are your favorite jams? 
So I have the same. I have a bunch of different kind of meditation playlists. Um, yeah. Sonam Kaur is always amazing. And I think there's different, you know, songs that do different things. So yeah. I'll play like some at home when my kids are going to bed to kind of like chill everybody out and help us transition to sleep. But there's like a Rama Dasa one that yeah. just that mantra itself is a very healing mantra. So it's, it's said like that one can help heal the world. It can help heal you, your family, kind of like on a more, more micro level, but then it like verberates out into the world to a more macro level. So I think mm -hmm. that's like a really beautiful one to just kind of have playing over and over again, because it just kind of heals whatever needs to be healed. And the thing about the mantra music too is, you know, sometimes after a while I'm like, okay, I kind of don't want music on anymore, but I'll turn it really, really low, almost yeah. like you don't have to hear it very loudly. That's the way it was taught to me that you could just have it really low and it's just playing because the ener energy is still there. Totally. And some people are like, well, what do these words mean? You don't actually need to know. Yeah, that's the thing. You really don't. I mean, they do all have meaning. There is the language Garuki that these all translate back to. And you can definitely like, it's a really easy thing to kind of Google and search. And even if you look up on Kundalini websites, they'll say not only what the words mean, but then also what that that song leads to, what it's for. Yeah. Okay. I love that. We're going to do that. We're, we're going to need to look them all up. I know like the Ekon car is just for like positive outcomes, I think. Mm -hmm. And then that's Satanama is a really good one as well. Yeah. And I, so I love the Satanama where you're just like moving your finger, like with the mudra where you're just like putting your, your thumb and your pointer finger and then your middle finger and then your ring finger and then your pinky finger. I just love that. It just calms me down right away. That's a really great one. So when we, when I learned about that one, the other thing you can do instead of saying Satanama is you say peace begins with me and you just oh. say the thing over and over. And they all, I was taught that that's a really good one to use. Like if you're getting, if you're in line and you're getting irritated or feeling like aggravated or kind of, you know, heated in any way, that's a good one to kind of cool and calm you down. There's mm -hmm. also, if you do the alternate nostril breathing, right? So yes. right side versus the left side. So that's like a cooling or energetic breath as well. Yes. I just added that one to the rituals by Shaka girl app guys. Check it out. <laughs> Plug. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I've always got the Kundalini music going. So I know that I, I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one. So any other insights or like, what's like kind of like a mantra or something that really propelled your business forward? And like, what's something you kind of always go back to? In terms of kundalini? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A I mean, prayer or a different, even just like any kind of like mantra you live by or any kind of something that you just kind of, you, you're always going back to that takes you to the next level. Yeah. So there were five lessons for the Aquarian age that were given. And I think one of them is it's if your presence doesn't work, nothing will. So I think that was kind of one that I always go back to because I loved that one. It's like, I think it's just such a good lesson because I, I use that a lot in motherhood because I'm like, when I'm parenting at home, like, I'm like, if I'm not calm and I'm not happy, then nobody is. Right. So I, yeah. I love that one. And I'm trying to think of the other one. It's like, if the pressure's on just start and the mm -hmm. heavens will support you, that's not the exact wording of it, but I thought that was always a good one too. So like stop procrastinating, but just kind of like start and let things fall as they will. Yes. So true. So are these five rules for the Aquarian age? Is that, an, is that a Kundalini thing? 
It is. Yep. Oh, okay. I don't know if I've heard of this. I'm going to need, well, we'll link you guys to that as well. Okay. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited to share more about these fragrances. I'm going to link you guys. I'll show you guys on social media too, which ones I'm using and you got to just smell them for yourselves though. They're so good. What's your personal favorite one, Courtney? So I'm a big 1111 girl. That's always my go-to, but it's funny. Like I kind of think of them, I'm, I used to wear that all the time. And now what I do is a lot more in the rotation. I like to switch them up based on my moods. So Saffron Dusk are the one we launched in August is a personal favorite. I love that one. And I'm very excited about our Santal Gray, which is coming out in September. Yes. Okay. I can't wait to try that one. Oh, this has been lovely. I love a Kundalini chat. Anything else you want to share for some parting words for our guests? No, it's been great to be here. I love having conversations like this. Spiritual stuff is right up my alley. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Where can everyone find you online? So our handle and our website is lakeandsky.com and sky is S-K-Y-E. So there's just an E on the end and that's my girl's middle name. So that's how we got that name. Oh, cute. I love that. I was going to say the name is so beautiful. It, like, it just has a vibe, you know, it just gives you the right energy. It gives you that kind of like natural feel. I love it. So you guys check out all things Lake and Sky. We will link you guys to everything in the show notes. Let us know how you like the episode. Share it. Tag us. DM me. We're here for you. And we will catch you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Shocker Girl Co. And if you loved this episode, please give us a five-star review and write us a little comment. We'd love to hear from you. 